good morning, church. Um, that video was shot, I think, Wednesday or Thursday, and then Thursday, they poured the cement floor. So that's all done beautiful. You could actually roller skate on that. I know that dates me, I mean, roller skaters, but I remember the season of roller skating, and <clears throat> uh, especially the people that are out there for prayer remember that also. So it's beautiful. Then they did the sidewalks the, the next morning. So all the cement's poured for that, and they'll eventually do the uh, asphalt uh, once they uh, finish. They're doing some trenching. So uh, how many have been out to the site? Let me see your hand. You, it, drive by, go out there. I've actually had people in the community like, what's that building? And drive by and go, oh, that's your church. And then I'd see them, whether it be in the, uh, the gym or whatever, and like, hey, I saw your building. And so word's out, and uh, it's a beautiful building, and uh, we're just so thankful uh, as God continues to bless this project, and we can add three more chairs this week. Let's thank God for that. So we are over the halfway mark. Amazing. That's an amazing miracle. And you think of it in just such a short period of time. I think Rhonda's got half cookies still left out there. So we're celebrating halfway mark. Amen? Uh, thank you for that. And so uh, just a tremendous uh, blessing to have that uh, accomplishment. Um, I'm not, for the sake of time here, I'm going to mention these announcements. You've got them. Uh, thank you once again, Kim, for leading the trip. It's amazing. You know, these trips are, have eternal impact on your kids. They really do. Uh, they will never forget what happened on this trip. They may forget a message in youth, but they'll never forget that experience. And I love that about Joel and Kim and all that they do and, and pouring into the youth and and what a blessed, blessed couple. So let's take a moment and pray uh, over our time here. Father, I humble myself before you, and I ask that you give your people what they need here today. I pray the unction of the Holy Spirit as we talk about uh, these important uh, uh, issues on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I just thank you for each and every person here today. And Lord, we just bless all those that have tuned in online listening on Facebook. We just welcome them, and we pray, Lord, your presence. Just fill the room right where they're at, uh, listening in. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We're just going to jump in for the sake of time, and I'm continuing with, uh, there was a number of questions that came in with our hot topics. This is the seventh week in our series, and about spiritual language and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and um, my text is Jude, Jude chapter 1. There's only one chapter. It's verse 20. The Bible says, but you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. What you need to understand about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that God made us a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. We know that when we pass from this earth, our body is going to lay in the ground and, and, and it's going to deteriorate, but our spirit man, our spirit woman, our, uh, that includes our soulish realm, mind, will, emotion, will live forever, Okay? We'll live forever. need to recognize that, that uh, there is a life thereafter. Bank on that. Live your life expecting that. Amen? Because <laughs> your life will radically change right now. Just thought I'd throw that in. But it says, praying in the Holy Spirit. Uh, another translation says this, Beloved, build yourself up uh, on the foundation of your most holy faith. Continually progress. Rise like an edifice. Higher and higher. Pray in the Holy Spirit. And actually that uh, Greek word, building yourself up, uh, I tried to pronounce it earlier, the first uh, uh, message, uh, uh, 
meeting this morning, and I'm not going to botch it again. See, it actually means that which intensifies. Okay, so hang on to that. That means to build up. And so when we see, uh, we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's a building. There's, a, uh, there's an increasing when we pray in the Spirit in our heavenly language. And we said this, that speaking in tongues is a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit, a Spirit-inspired utterance whereby believers speak in a language they may have never learned. And we have that up there. And we said this a few weeks ago that it may be an existing spoken language, um, on the day of Pentecost, that's what happened. They understood, but it was various dialects of different languages, uh, uh, but they were unknown to them uh, that were filled, but it was known to those that were there, and they heard them speaking in their language. And we said that there are over 7,117, as we know today, known languages around the world. That's a lot of known dialects and languages. So you don't know when you're filled what dialect or language you have, and you say, well, maybe it's not part of any known language. There's a verse, we can have them pull up in 1 Corinthians 13, 1. Paul says, if I could speak all the languages of earth, men, and of angels, and of angels. What does that mean? There are languages that angels speak. So, well, how many dialects of that? It's innumerable. We don't know. I don't know how many angels are. I know that there are a lot of angels out there. Uh, Amen. So you don't know if there's a tongue of men or of angels that your language you receive is a heavenly language. And, and one commentator says that praying in tongues is not a static speech as rendered in some translations, for the Bible itself never uses the term ecstatic utterance when referring to speaking in tongues. And we have this quote, speaking in tongues is an inspired utterance whereby the believer's spirit in the Holy Spirit join in verbal praise, worship, and prayer or prophecy. Can you say amen? Uh, One of the overlooked truths in Acts chapter 2 verse 11 is that when they were filled with the Spirit, I want you to see something here. A lot of times it's overlooked. They say, well, when they were filled with it at that time, God did that unique thing. They were preaching the gospel. It says, Cretans and Arabs, we all hear them speaking our native tongues about the four spiritual laws. No, that's not what it says. Uh, We hear them preaching and teaching the Romans road to salvation. No. What were they doing? The mighty works of God. What does that mean? They were worshiping and praying, and they were actually talking about miracles. Look what God has done, the miracles God healed. I don't know exactly, but that's what it says what they were doing. So in a sense, per se, they were, they were testifying. Yeah, there was an evangelistic component to it, but they are speaking about the miracles. And I said this, being filled with the Holy Spirit necessitates Praise and worship. So there's something about when we talk about that personal, private prayer language that I believe that is available to all who are willing and want to receive it, that, that there's, a, there's a dynamic about praise and worship in it with being filled. And I said this, God links speaking in tongues with the baptism in the Holy Spirit from the very beginning. Why? Because he knew back then and for us today that we would have an observed and experiential confirmation, watch this, that they have indeed received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Throughout the history of the church, whenever tongues as a confirming sign has been denied or taught against or lost from view, view, the experience of Pentecost has been distorted or ignored completely. Amen. So let's continue. Uh, One of the questions was, I've prayed to speak in tongues, 
but it seems like I didn't get it. Maybe it's not for me. Uh, I've tried it, but I didn't get it. You know, I open my mouth and, ah, nothing happens. Well, uh, it goes on like this. Uh, Well, maybe God has that for some people and others, it's not for you. It's not for you. Or, Or here's another one. Actually, I had a pastor one time tell me this, said, if God wanted me to have it, then he would do it. Have you heard that before? He would do it. Well, pull up 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. Very interesting Bible verse. This is good and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved. Now, let me ask you here this morning. Does God want all people to be saved? Well, he wants it. Here's the question. Are all men or women saved? Why? So God may want something for you, but you, come on now, you get in it, but you may not receive it. He wants you to have it, come on now, but you might not receive it because you don't want it or you don't believe it's for you. So God desires that all men receive salvation, but not all men do because they choose not or they don't receive or whatever the situation may be. And how many know that when we receive anything, we receive it by faith, right? But what is faith? Faith is action. Okay, faith is not passive. You came in here to the church expecting, you sat down in that chair knowing that that chair will hold you, amen? And it's comfortable, amen? So, so faith is action, faith is decision. Faith is just not, you know, just nothingness. There, there's the substance to faith, I believe. So uh, here's the other thing too. For those who have received and experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you know what it is? There, there's a lot of zeal, and they want someone else to receive that. They're excited about that. There's an expectancy, and then when we see someone filled, there's just a joy in that because you know what a blessing they receive. Now, here's what I am not saying about people who speak in tongues, that they are more spiritual or devoted than other Christians. No. There, <laughs> there are more spiritual people than me that don't speak in tongues. You said that, Pastor Mike. Yes, I did. Uh, we're, not, we're not making that claim at all. We're not making that claim at all because I've seen some real squirrely people pray in tongues. Come on. Now, and I've seen some people that don't pray in tongues that are solid, know the word of God, and understand the word of God. Very godly spiritual people. Amen? So, well, do you have to? No, you get to. It goes back to desire. We'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, there are plenty wonderful Christians who are very devoted to Jesus. I want you to get this. They're devoted to Christ in the word of God way more spiritual, (laughs) who have never spoken in tongues. But here's the thing, it goes back to, I cannot imagine why any Christian not want everything that God might have for them. I just can't imagine that. And I've used the illustration in the military and spent times in in the Marine Corps and when I was enlisted and and then uh, when I became a, a non-commissioned officer, NCO, that certain things I qualified for and I had certain weaponry and, you know, when you become an NCO, you can carry a sidearm. And I didn't say, you know what, that sidearm is heavy. It's a little bit cumbersome on my side. I don't want it. You know what? I took it. Why? I might need it someday. That's how I look at the baptism. I need it someday. So why not receive everything God has for you? Can I get an amen? <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 14.1. 1 Corinthians, pursue this love with eagerness. Make it your goal, watch this, yet earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual gifts to be used by believers for the benefit of the church. How many of you are earnestly desiring and cultivating the spiritual gifts? Uh, 
Oh, Pastor, I just showed up. I barely made it to church this morning. Uh, 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 <laughs> we're not, that's not on our mind. It's not, we're not thinking. What? God says, earnestly desire and cultivate that. Now, listen, how many of you know that God is the distributor of the gift? Right? He's the distributor of gifts. But the Bible says right here that we are to earnestly, so the question is, are you earnestly desiring spiritual things? Uh, n- no. <laughs> you should be. You should be because why? Those that are hungry and thirsty will be filled. Now, I don't know. So you say, well, I'm not desiring anything right now. I'm just kind of getting through life, you know, just trying to make it through raising these kids or, you know, I'm just trying to, no, 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 no. Even in the midst of all of that, hey, listen, we raised three kids. We know what it's like, diapers changing, running around, craziness, bringing kids at the church, crawling underneath the chairs. All We've done all that, but you know what? You can still desire things of God. You don't use that as an excuse. I got all my kids. I got all, I'm so busy. You can't, my wife, oh, wow, just, she practically raised the kids in church. (laughs) We were always doing things of God, involved in the things of God, and carrying them from one to the other. I brought my son on a missions trip to, he fit in a motorcycle helmet. That's how little he was. We went to Douglas, Arizona, 36 hours in a van, three vans, with 30 teenagers, come on. And my son went right along with that. Everybody, he was passed around. Everybody held him. Diapers were changed. Come on. You can raise kids. You can be busy and still pursue God. Let's not make excuses anymore, amen? Hallelujah. Actually, your kids will be better off, handing off. I can't take them right now. Someone else, oh, you're so cute. Hallelujah. Here's another question. Why can't I speak in tongues? Am I doing something wrong? Well, Lots of people, you know, I should say some people, you know, they've prayed to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they want to be able to pray in tongues. They want to receive that. But it hasn't happened yet. And maybe you're, you're one of them and you're seeking. And let me just say this. Over the last uh, 30 years of ministry, most of the people that I've prayed with, they spoke in tongues. They spoke in tongues. Uh, they've received. But not only of them received the gift instantaneously or their tongue was released. And Sometimes they need a little bit of coaching. They need a little bit of understanding. Here's the thing. If you don't understand the benefit of it, you don't want it. If there's no benefit to you, there was a time, uh, some of you remember, where you do altar calls, people would come forward, or there would be times, you know, speaking among the baptism of the Holy Spirit, people understand you, come on down and get prayed for, and people would kind of chase you down. You know, run you down, try to push you down and get filled. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. People falling around everywhere and, and you know, just begin to shout. And, and it was just crazy stuff done. Uh, even in the midst of that, God showed up in spite of people. <laughs> Why? Because God loves people. And he loves you. And he loves me. And, and so, but so there's maybe a little bit of a coaching if you don't understand uh, help in understanding what to expect, the purpose of it. Um, <clears throat> sometimes people are hindered. Bad teaching, bad teaching. Um, I can remember two quick examples here. Back in 1984, Camp Lejeune, I had a friend. His name was Corporal Kearns. He was a dark green Marine. See, in the Marine Corps, there was light green Marines and dark green. He's a black brother. He was tall. He was like 6'4", big 
a black guy. He was a believer. He loved the Lord, uh, come from a denominational background. But I began to mention to him about the baptism. And I had a lot of zeal, but not much knowledge back then. Hopefully, I have a little bit more knowledge today and still some zeal. But he was like, he'd get angry at me. What are you talking about? And I like, it's in the Bible. He'd read it. He would just get angry. I said, listen, let me, I just gave him a little booklet on the benefits of, the purpose of tongues. So he and his wife that weekend said, I'll, I'll, we'll read it. We'll go through it. So I forgot about it. Monday I see him and as hey, Corporal Kearns, and he goes, hey, Corporal Barr, we're going to chat. He goes, I got it. And he would poke me in my ribs. He, I don't know, for some reason he goes, I got it. I'm like, you got what? He goes, I'm filled with the spirit. I'm like, wait a minute, you pray? Yeah, we got it. He had this silly grin on him and, and he was filled with the spirit. I thought, what, that's so amazing. I was just like, ended that. Well, there was a staff sergeant who was also a dark green Marine and uh, I was the corporal at the time, so he was a staff sergeant, and he was always intrigued. I would share it with him, but he came from a denominational church. I didn't believe any of that. Dismissed all that. Actually, if you're involved in all that, you have some kind of crazy demon or something that it's unbiblical. Well, <clears throat> he asked me, he goes, I would share with them, and you could tell he was intrigued. He even said this. He said, I walked down the aisle one time to receive, and I didn't get anything. I walked back, and his heart was hard. So he was, he was upset. So I could sense this, and he goes, I want to invite you to my church, and there's a few people I'd like you to talk to. So here I am at, uh, let's see, I was, I was 18 years old, had a lot of zeal, but not much knowledge. So I show up to this church, this is the honest to God truth, this denominational church, and I open the door while I'm in there, and there's a huge, like a corporate table, and there's probably, I don't know, 15, 18, 20 people sitting there looking at me, not happy. And I'm thinking they're hanging, ready for me to share about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and miracles and what God's doing. Uh-uh. They were there to scrutinize me and tell me how crazy I was. But I didn't get it for half the meeting. <laughs> Something about ignorance is bliss was amazing in that moment. And they were asking me questions. And so, so miracles you're trying to tell me? God does what? That's how they'd ask these questions. Oh, yeah, I remember. And this guy, you know, he raised the dead and raised the dead. I mean, they, it was finally about halfway through, the light bulb went on. It wasn't a bright light, but it went on. I went, oh, shoot, they are here against it. And it just, it was a disaster, the whole thing. But I was so zealous, I think that it had an impact on all of them. And basically, they threw me out. They're like, you need to get saved. You got demons. And I left, and I was so distraught. And the Lord told me, he said, that's okay. Uh, Corporal Kearns is filled with the Spirit. So, <laughs> amen. So, <clears throat> anyhow, uh, so there's a hunger, there's a desire, all that. Got a little off track. Let me continue. Another question is, what is the one thing that I've seen that hinders people more than anything else when it comes to speaking in tongues? So, kind of rephrase the question. I would say this, it's a lack of understanding. If you can pull that up, a lack of understanding. Now watch this, 1 Corinthians 14, 23. It's in the Bible, and I choose this verse for a reason, because I understand it. A lack of understanding of what, of what speaking, excuse me, speaking in tongues really involves. Paul says, if people don't understand, watch these things, they will think you are what? Crazy. No, come on. I got one guy shouting crazy here. Don't, come on. If they don't understand these things, they will think you are what? Crazy. And that's what happens. They don't understand they don't understand the benefit. People are crazy. I get it. And in the natural, it sounds crazy. But there's a lot of crazy things in the Bible. And God moves. There's, you read that and go, what? And then when that happened, wow, and God moved? Now, that's not a sign 
that everybody is sanctioned to be nuts and crazy. No, we don't do that. There's a thing about doing things with decency in, in, in order. We'll get to that verse. But many people, they have the mistaken idea that if God wants them to speak in tongues, he's going to grab their tongue and their lips, and all of a sudden, uncontrollably, they're going to be like a robot speaking in other tongues, and we know that is not the case. It's a mistaken idea. People who speak in tongues realize that their free will or their decider, somebody shout decider, Every single one of you has a decider. And your decider decides based upon what other people think. Culture, oh, come on now. I know you didn't like that. Your denomination thinks. My decider says no, because my denomination says, but what about what God's word says? If God's word says something, well, my decider says no, I don't want that. Because Oh, I'm meddling here this morning. Hallelujah. Uh, welcome back, Pastor Mike. Amen. People who speak in tongues realize that their free will, the decided decides when to speak in tongues and when to stop. Did you get that? So people who say, I can't control it, I'm uncontrolled, uh, eh, that's not true. I said that's not true. You can control it, because we'll get to reverse here in a moment. They're not able to come up with the utterances themselves. We know that's the Holy Spirit's job, but here's the thing. They have to cooperate with the Spirit. They have to utilize their vocal cords, their mouth, and their lips. Bring up this verse, if you would, 1 Corinthians 14, 15. I've highlighted a few words in there so you understand what I'm talking about. Paul says this, then what am I to do? I will. Someone shout, I will. Does that mean that God's forcing him? It means he wills. He or she chooses. I will pray with the Spirit by the, Holy, uh, by the Holy Spirit that is within me. Now, Lynch, you think, well, that just means proper prayers or understandable prayers. He identifies, he goes, and I will pray with the mind using words I understand. Right there. How many see that? So there's a prayer with mind in words that you understand, and there's a prayer in the Spirit. What does he talk about? He's talking about tongues. He's talking about the this right there. <clears throat> See, people that don't like this, they don't like these verses. They, they, they're not highlighted in their Bible. And he says, I will sing with the Spirit. Uh-oh, there it is again, by the Holy Spirit. Goes back to being filled with the Spirit. Has a major component about worship and praise, right? There's songs you can sing that you understand that has words, but then you can be doing laundry, you can be doing whatever, and you can be singing in the Spirit. Some of you remember, too, you're old enough, back in the 60s and 70s, I remember as a kid, there would be times that congregations, the whole congregation would erupt in singing in the Spirit. And it wasn't something like it was orchestrated to try to make it happen. It was just a beautiful, like you could, it was like an ebb and a flow. And like, man, God's here. He's just flowing through his people. Now, if people don't understand that and they walk into that, they think you're nuts. They think you're crazy. So, so there's a, a time and place for all of that. He says, I will sing with the Spirit by the Holy Spirit that was within me. And I will also sing with the mind using words I can understand. How many see that? Say amen. What do you see in this? Four times Paul says, I will. I will. Now when you first speak in tongues, it's a little bit strange. It's never happened to you before. But once you've spoken in tongues, it just becomes as easy as speaking in your own language. Uh, when I talk, I can start and stop when I want to. I have complete control. Speaking in tongues is like that. It's like that. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 26 says this. So to summarize, 
What's the right course? Paul says, let everything be constructive and edifying and done for the good of the church and the building up for the good of everyone there. And so there are times and there are seasons and moments that we've had, even corporately. You know, we pray in our understanding. We pray in the spirit. And tongues, actually, the Bible says, is a sign to the unbeliever. What is going on here? But there's, I believe, a teaching and an understanding in a moment. But if all you do is you start screaming in tongues, people think you are a bunch of crazy people because they don't understand what's going on. But if the gift of tongues, watch this, in Romans 12 is in operation, someone speaks in a tongue and somebody interprets, then they go, wow, what's going on here? So there's a sign to that, all right? So... Let me just say this, speaking in tongues, it is a decision that you have to make. Now, you may have been prayed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you may believe, if someone asks you, you'll feel with the Spirit, uh, uh, and you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you say, yep, you know I am. Well, okay, I believe that God has answered your prayer. I'm not gonna argue with you, say, no, you're not, or whatever, but here's the thing. If you've never yielded your mouth, here's the big sticklers, a lot for, for some evangelicals. You never yield your mouth, you're never gonna take a step of faith and begin to actually speak and give the Holy Spirit a chance to give you the utterance. You will never speak in tongues then. What are you saying, Pastor Mike? What are you saying? <clears throat> it is an absolute fact. Right now, if I made a decision as a spirit-filled believer that I will never speak in tongues again, I could make the decision and never speak in tongues again. That's true. Because why? It's based upon my will, me deciding. I have a decision in that. I could I make a point of praying in the Spirit every day, but if I, if I decide not to, I, could never do, I would never do that again. So he would never make me or force me. I don't think that would be a good decision to make, especially after being filled. You can pull this up. Speaking in tongues is something in which we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And once again, it can seem strange at the first you do it. But when you step out in faith and you begin to flow, I remember at age 15 when I was filled with the Spirit, there was just a, just a couple syllables that came with me and I just began to develop and I began to yield to the Spirit of God and that just began to flow and grow in uh, the grace of tongues. How many see that say amen? amen? I'm almost done here. An interesting fact about speaking in tongues, when speaking in tongues, here's the cool thing, when you're filled with the Spirit in this capacity, your spirit is praying, but your mind is unfruitful. Now, I want you to get this. You can do a little test on this, those of you who have been filled. If I was reading the Bible, and I just opened up the Bible to some verse here, uh, and woe to the city, and behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord. And someone comes up, and they start to talk to me and say, hey, Pastor Mike, will you help me with what? How many of you know that if I cannot comprehend what I'm reading while listening to this person if I'm truly gonna listen to them? How many know what I'm talking about, men? Your wife can be talking to you, uh, amen? And you're like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, but you are not listening. Why? Because you're focused on something else, right? Why? Because you're understanding and you're reading with your mind. Okay, so you have to put the book down. You have to focus on what the person is talking to you about to understand. Not so with the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Spirit, it is in your spirit, man or woman. So I can be listening to you, but also praying in the Spirit. You need to try it. 
It's a test. You try. I, I know. It's an accurate thing. You can do it. He's like, you can listen. You can listen to worship. You can listen even to podcasts praying in the spirit because it's coming out of your spirit, man. It's not coming out of your mind. If it was coming out of your mind, Curtis and I were talking at the end of the first service and he brought up a very interesting point. They've actually done studies and they've put these little electrodes in the head and, and they talk about the, you know, when people pray in the spirit and uh, uh, certain nuns who are filled and they have that uh, charismatic gift. It's not igniting. It's not that prefrontal uh, cortex of the part of the brain that's not being affected. It's this, like somewhere else it's coming from. It's your spirit, man. It's your spirit woman. That's what's coming from. And that's how you know that God is praying through you as you pray in the spirit. Come on, somebody say amen. That's amazing, an amazing gift. And, and it's something that they're able to measure. They can measure that from a scientific, if I could use that word, standpoint or, you know, or whatever. And that's been overused today. <clears throat> you can trust the word of God. <laughs> you can trust God's word. That's a fact, okay? We can... Hallelujah. So, so uh, uh, anyhow, that's uh, something interesting here. But uh, on the day of Pentecost, stand with me if you would, please. Here's what you need to see here. It wasn't the Holy Spirit who spoke in tongues. I want you to get that. This is the last verse here. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. It says, and they, somebody shout they. We're all filled. So it's more than just the 12 apostles. We know that... Uh, Judas went and hung himself, and so the Matthias, you know, and they, they filled that role. But the 120, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues. And they began. The Spirit gives you the utterance. But the only way it's going to happen, 100%, you got to open your mouth in faith. Does it make sense, Pastor? I don't get it. Oh, I don't know. I'm concerned of what people think. It's not going to happen. You're more concerned about what people think than what God thinks in that moment. Say that with a smile. Amen? It's really what it is, right? I, I'm more intimidated by what man thinks. I, I, I'm on a medal with this because I'm hitting some stuff. I'm more what my buddies think or what, you know, my friends think. I, I'm, I'm, I want to be an astute, known it as a smart guy. I want to I pray in tongues, and I thank God I pray in tongues. Paul said the same thing. I pray in tongues more than you all. Why? Listen, the other night I was awakened at uh, three in the morning and had this like tremendous, for some reason, it's the enemy, anxiety come over me. And, uh, you know, we're moving forward and God is just blessing the building and people are giving and the enemy just came in and I just felt this oppression. And, and uh, I we, we had prayer that uh, morning, Saturday at nine. And so I went out to the, building and I put the praise and worship on and I couldn't shake it I couldn't shake it I was just just a lot of just anxiety and and I just look Lord what is this and, <clears throat> and so I put worship on and where the actual stage was in the new building I just put a little box there and and I just begin to just walk like this and I begin to pray my understanding but then I begin to pray in the spirit just worship praying in tongues why because something is oppressing me Come on now, I'm speaking to mental health issues here in America. It's off the charts. People are losing their mind. You have to have the mind of Christ. You have to know what's right, what's wrong, what to throw out, what's the devil. Come on. And people, when you talk about mental health issues, listen, veterans places, they're expanding the mental health departments. Why? People are losing their minds. You can't battle what's out there in your own mind. I can't. 
I need something supernatural to overcome in, when you're feeling full of anxiety. See, what people are trying to do is drink it away. Come on. Yeah, we didn't like that. Oh, we're trying to drug it away. Come on. You know, we're trying to pacify. We're trying to, we need help. Help's available. I said help's available in the spirit. So what do I do? As a man, 56 years old, I pray in tongues and I walk. And you know what? After about 15, 18 minutes, I felt lifted. <laughs> like, you never charge your battery? How many know that you just can't have only the positive? Come on now. You got to have the negative. Welcome to Church for the Harvest. Not only the positive. There's a little negative there. But that charges. And so while you're praying in tongues, a little of that negative, the Lord may be speaking to you saying, forgive this person. Let this thing go. Repent of this. Apologize to your wife. <clears throat> Whatever it may be, let this stuff go. But while I was praying, walking, praying in the Spirit, I began to be charged. I began to be built up. See, some of you shaking your head, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you know what it's like. I couldn't fix that reasoning it through. I tried from 3.30 in the morning and it didn't work till about 9.20. 9.20, I felt alive. I felt like God was lifting me. And I felt as I was praying, something inside my spirit man, I said my spirit man was raising me above, saying, you know what? I'm lifting you above all of this. I'm bringing you up higher. And you know what happened to me? Hope. Hallelujah. Hope was in my spirit. And I began to have a spirit that is overcome. It's like, everything's going to be all right. God is with us. What is that? That's the Spirit of God. It wasn't positive confession. It wasn't reciting all these poems or whatever. No. It was the Spirit of God lifting me. That's for every single one of you. Those of you online, it's for you too. I said it's for you too. Hallelujah. Luke eleven thirteen said, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more? How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to you that ask? Hallelujah. Every head bowed, please. I feel God here. Hallelujah. How much more? That's a whole message right there. How much more? How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him and continue to ask? You're here this morning, maybe online. You're here in this auditorium. You're not right with Jesus. Today is a great day to get right with God. I said today is an amazing day for you to align your heart. I don't know what your past is. It doesn't matter. God knows. God knows everything about you. God knows what you did 15, 18 years ago. He knows what you did five years ago. He knows what you did yesterday. God knows. But you know what? He still loves you. And you know what the Lord is looking for? A heart that surrenders and says yes to him. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Well, pastor, I keep stumbling. I keep falling. Keep getting back up. Keep leaning on the cross of Christ. Keep, keep drawing near to the Lord for those of you who are believers. But for those of you who are not, and you don't know the Lord, and you just feel like you're in quicksand, there's a lifeline. I said there's a lifeline, and that his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the lifeline. Jesus Christ is here this morning. I said Jesus Christ is here this morning. He's here to save you. I really feel the strong, that God is drawing people. He's drawing men. God is drawing men. And he's specifically drawing men, I believe, even to this church. 
from the north, south, east, and west. He has drawn solid men, level-headed men, men that are filled with the Spirit, men that desire God. Some of the men right now are in the bars. Some of the men right now are doing drugs. Some of the men are on crime. Some of the men are having affairs. But you know what? God is drawing them in to this church. And they're going to be transformed. They're going to be changed. They're going to be set free from their addictions. In the name of Jesus, I just declare it. Hallelujah. For those of you here, you say, Pastor, I need to get right with God. I need to get right with God. I, hold, I overheard a conversation. We were in Boise visiting our son. And, and we were walking by a restaurant and there was a, a gentleman that had a cross around his neck and these three guys were with him and they were all friends and they were cursing and drinking up and they were just foul mouth and everything and, and you could hear his voice carry they asked him what the blank are you doing wearing a cross and this was the guy's response I don't know man I just need to get right with God I thought what an amazing he said it even publicly while he was in the midst of where he's at friends God is drawing sinners right now he's drawing men and women they just don't know it yet and they're hungering like i gotta get right with god they're not there yet but they will and they're coming i said they're coming and they're going to come into the house of god they're going to come into the houses of god that are proclaiming the truth they're coming to the places of worship they're coming in and god is going to transform them and their whole life will be changed their children's children will be changed hallelujah i believe that I believe that. That's why God said, now's the time to build. Now's the time. Thank you, God. Right now, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to get right with the Lord. Say it to me. Say, Jesus. Come on, say it. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, save me. Jesus, I give you my life today. Now take it. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, God meant it. We want to help you in your journey. We want to grow with you. We want to see you through you to discover the gifts and the purpose and the plan that God has for your life. You've taken the most important step of your life here this morning if you prayed that and received Christ the first time. Don't be silent about it. Tell somebody. Get involved. Get plugged in. Amen, church? Amen. I want to invite the altar workers to come forward if we have a few of them here this morning in this service. <clears throat> I want to just encourage you. These are, these are prayed up people, men and women have gone, and they can pray with you for the baptism if you'd like. They can pray for you to receive if, that's, if you're hungering and thirsting. But maybe you're a little bit along the journey. It's like, I need to understand the benefits. I need to understand... What purpose is this for my life? And I just don't want to... There are benefits. There are blessings. It's, a, it's an armament. It's a, it's, I don't even want to use the word tool. It's a, it's a grace that God has for every believer. I believe that if you want it. These are prayed up people. They're here to minister life to you. Maybe there's something else. You need prayer for your marriage or whatever. Prayer of agreement. They will pray with you. Amen, church. Did you learn something this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. Let me bless you. Father, we just thank you for this morning. All those listening online, Lord, we speak a blessing over them. We thank you for all those that have tuned in. Lord, we just thank you right now. Lord, I did my best to declare your heart here this morning about the baptism. Lord, I pray you would open our hearts and our minds that we'd be receptive to everything that you have for us, Father. I bless these precious people. They are your people, Lord, your sheep. I thank you, Father. I'm honored to speak to them. We just thank you, Lord, for this moment now. 
in Jesus' mighty name. Bless them as they go forth. Keep them safe, healthy, and strong till we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen.